What would the world look like if decisions were made by the people for the people? Dow or Never is here to break down how DAOs are disrupting traditional power structures and transforming the way we interact. If you're ready, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to Dow or Never. This is a show to help you learn about the rapidly changing world of DAOs. I'm Isaac Patka, and I'm here with Logos co-founder Jeffrey Arone. Jeffrey is an established internet and blockchain investor, advisor, and executive, and I'm a contributor and builder in many DAOs throughout the Ethereum ecosystem. Together, we founded the Logos DAO. Every other week on Dow or Never, we break down the biggest stories surrounding DAOs. And this week, it seems like there's a lot of retrospectives. A lot of people are publishing things about um, what happened in 2022 and what to look forward to in 2023. So this month, we have Dow December from Dow House where they're going to be featuring a preview of V3 of the entire DAO House experience, which we actually um, helped out a little bit on Moloch V3 last year in the in the development. So it's exciting to see this getting closer. Um, but yeah, it looks like DAO December from DAO House is going to be a whole month of feature content about building DAOs, about the challenges of um, existing DAO interfaces and what's coming with DAO House with uh, version 3. I know that you've used a lot of DAO House DAOs, Jeffrey. I'm sure that this will be a welcome refresh. Yes, with uh, a lot of respect and love to the Dow House team, I think a little bit of uh, UI improvements will be quite welcome. I guess my only concern is, do you think uh, the whole Dow Sember is going to get in the way of people celebrating the holidays? Yeah, it's just going to be so exciting to talk about Dow's that we're just going to forget all about uh, Christmas and Hanukkah and the New Year and everything. Yeah, well, let's make sure we track that because we might... You know, we might want to actually figure out a way to space out the events. <laughs> Very true. It is exciting to see V3 getting closer and closer to launch. I've been following along with the the early development. I remember the first time I heard about V3 was um, I was supposed to be going on vacation like last summer. And instead, I was just on my uh, phone um, reading about DAOs and, and DAO tooling because it was kind of early on in my journey. And I saw that uh, Ross uh, from LexDAO had been working on a new version of Moloch. And uh, there was like these weekly calls in the Moloch Mystics where they were talking about what what features should the third version of the Moloch DAO smart contract have. And it seemed really cool to me. They were talking about um, transferability of shares and all sorts of like unique new features that solve the the challenges of V2. And so I just ended up jumping in and spending a good chunk of my vacation uh, trying to start contributing. Nice. Well, you know, for some of the given, you know, the many, many people that start listening to our Dow or Never podcast on a weekly basis, can you go into a little bit more about like why the average user might want to use Dow House and, you know, what some of the key new features might be around onboarding new users? Sure. So the Dow House UI is a wrapper for the Moloch smart contracts, which are particularly good for DAOs that are uh, managing a treasury. And so these are DAOs that are managing a treasury tend to be either grant giving organizations or investment organizations. Um, and the DAO house UI provides a very easy way to create one of these things and to manage like membership and track the treasury and stuff. But the DAOs on DAO House were always like limited by what the Moloch smart contract could do. 
until they started adding additional features. And then uh, there's all these additional features around like sub-treasury management and interacting with external smart contracts and doing all sorts of additional things that the original contracts weren't designed for. So over time, um, just more and more features kept getting added to enable all these more complex use cases. And the V3 refresh is really just going to be a way of taking all of those things that people are using DAOs for and making that easier um, to both set up and use and monitor and configure. Cool. Well, that's exciting stuff. Thanks for that explanation because it's, uh, well, it's a hell of a lot better than I typically do when people ask me. So something else you mentioned earlier, um, not on the call, but earlier to me was about the Redwood Parliament Roundup and Medigov. I thought that was pretty interesting. So yeah, please. So over the summer, uh, I attended DWebCamp, um, which was a really interesting gathering of uh, of tech folks in the forests, uh, in the Redwood forests. And it was a slightly different conference than the ones that I normally go to because it was probably like 60% not crypto focused and more just like open source internet and internet archive and um, Wikipedia and like even Python uh, people. And so it was like this kind of open source uh, programming group plus a little bit of like crypto and blockchain stuff thrown in. And a lot of that was coming from like Filecoin Foundation and Protocol Labs and stuff. And so it was a it was a really interesting experience of people talking about not just governance of Web3 native organizations and DAOs, but just governance of the internet in general and governance of uh, virtual worlds. And so Medigov is this group that hosted a hosted something called the Redwood Parliament, which was a one of the tracks at DWebCamp, which was talking all about governing these different virtual worlds. And so um, that includes things like how do you govern a system like Wikipedia, which is about like knowledge management and like fair access to knowledge. And then there's also things like how do you govern a video game world? Um, like there's this one re- researcher, Seth Fry, who has all these interesting research topics and seminars on how kids have developed their own governance systems in Minecraft. And you can look to see how kids have developed all sorts of things that end up looking like zoning laws and anti-griefing controls and stuff just naturally emerging from governing uh, their Minecraft worlds. And there's a lot that we can learn just about how governance emerges in online communities and what we should be taking and learning from that and applying to the DAO space. So what we have in the newsletter this week is a roundup of all of the topics that were discussed at the Redwood Parliament and what is going on at MetaGov in general. So it was just a really cool gathering of both like ethnographers and technology people and uh, crypto people and legal scholars. It's a very content-packed newsletter of all the stuff going on in that space and how people can kind of get involved if they're interested in kind of the more academic and political science side of the DAO space. Yeah, let's go to something I found a little bit more fun, which is <laughs> the Lunark DAO. You were, uh, you know, we were talking about this before, I guess. The part that really jumped out to me was um, the art, sending art to the moon. Talk to me about this, Isaac. So, I mean, I, I, met, I actually met the Lunark people through the people who did the D-Web camp, so it is somewhat connected. So... Uh, Lunark DAO is this thing that has been that I've been tracking for quite a few months now. The general idea is that we're getting very close to the point where we will have some sort of permanent human installation or institution on the moon, whether that's going to be a like military base or or something else. 
it seems like it's coming. Like there's all sorts of countries that are racing to get back to the moon and send up their uh, installations and get both like people and technology there. Um, the Lunark DAO started as an idea from some folks that were working on something called the Lunar University, which which is actually a couple decades old from some folks at NASA. The idea of the Lunar University is how should we start to think about a like arts and humanities and research institution on the moon in a like cross planetary future for humanity. And the Lunark DAO's goal is to start developing what's going to be like the arts and humanities section of the of that mission. And so the first thing that they're working on is collecting globally representative art from around the world and figuring out some way to package it up and send it to the moon so that the first human institution on the moon is not a military base, but it's an art gallery. That Yeah, that could be interesting. Unless there's like a lunar war that happens over people trying to steal the valuable art, which I'm not saying it's going to happen, but... I mean, that is one of the possible outcomes of this. I, I actually think that that's probably one that we didn't consider when we were <laughs> when we were outlining the missions of the of the Lunark DAO. But anyway, I think the reason we're talking about it is because the website is finally live and the mission is finally live. So there is now a way for you to go to the Lunark DAO website and submit art that you want to be included on the Earth art gallery on the moon. So the website for Lunark DAO, if you're interested in submitting artwork, is lunarkdao.xyz. Cool. Now, what exactly is the selection process, or is it not fully known yet? If someone's listening, they're like, oh, I know this great artist that would be excited to do that. Is, could they submit? Are, they, are there any other guardrails on this? So they want to be as inclusive as possible, and the core team is specifically choosing not to consider themselves as like the curators of this. Um, instead, one of the main, the main early goals is to find both art and also find people that, what, that can bring a unique perspective and curate or select a certain uh, representation of art from somewhere in the world. And so if somebody is an artist and they say, hey, I want to I make sure that this is included, um, they can go to the site and, and, and send that up there and it'll become part of the feed. But if they're also interested in coming and being a, a selector or somebody that can help uh, reach artists in a, from a certain corner of the world and create the selection of art that uh, best represents that population, then they're also welcome to come in and, and join as well. Cool. Now, I remember the first time you told me about this seemed to coincide with, well, some of the hype around um, the moon DAO. Are, are these even tangentially related or do they just both have like moon in their name, basically? I guess tangentially, because it's funny, there's all sorts of crypto moon projects. Um, and I guess we're involved in like three of them. And so like there's moon DAO, which launched last year and succeeded in sending a member of the DAO into space, which is funny how it just does not get talked about nearly as much as like the big failures in the DAO space. Like they actually succeeded in sending a DAO member on a rocket ship into space. That's pretty cool. That's it is kind of ridiculous when you think about it. Yeah, and that got no coverage compared to like Constitution DAO, which like imploded. In fact, like the Moon DAO kind of came out of the wreckage of Constitution DAO. So uh, Moon DAO succeeded in sending some people to space. Um, they're also they're also providing some funding to Open Lunar, which is a open source moon and, ex and space exploration research foundation. Open Lunar is 
uh, are some of the people that introduced me to the Lunark DAO. And so, like, I guess it, you, there is some sort of, like, weird map in between these things. But there's this fourth project, which is kind of out there, but it's called Party on the Moon. And it's the theory is that there will someday be the first party on the moon. And how can we make sure um, that we're invited and, and that we're there? So the, the entire goal of this community, which is not yet a DAO, but I could see them forming a DAO at some point, is to make sure that they're all invited to the first party on the moon. I, well, I, I really hope I'm there. No shows will be expensive. I mean, it's probably going to be in the next, like, 20 years. Possibly. I think it depends on how much NASA, like, recommits to actually getting there. Yeah, and what you consider a party. So lastly, this week, um, we saw the launch of the grants program from the SafeDAO community, which is intended to help people with safer self-custody of funds. This is largely riding on the collapse and implosion of FTX and all the adjacent related collapses. The idea being that safest place to keep your crypto is in self-custody or in a safe, uh, meaning a formerly known as a Gnosis safe, which is a multi-signature wallet, which actually has a lot of uh, DAO-like functionality and can um, evolve into a DAO over time. So SAFE is providing over a million dollars in grants uh, starting in 2023 to anybody that's like helping the SAFE ecosystem become more accessible and easier to use. Cool. Do you have any idea like what the typical size of the grants are or do you want to, what kind of projects might our, our user base want to consider? I think it's entirely new. Uh, judging from like previous grant programs, I think anything from a few thousand dollars to up to like a hundred thousand dollars is all probably available depending on uh, the scope and the the need of the team. Uh, but I think anything related to maybe uh, monitoring tools, UI tools, any sort of like things like that are probably going to be in bounds for this grants program. Cool. Sounds like fun. Well, I think um, that is it for us this week after after taking a week or two off it's it's nice to be back it's nice to be back and yeah looking forward to all the stuff all the retrospectives that are going to come out about um what the dow space looked like in 2022 and and what we can look forward to in in 23 people keep predicting that it's going to be like bull cycle around around DAOs like there was around DeFi and nfts maybe we'll see that in 2023 sure hope so i'm bullish cool Thanks. See you guys. Hope you enjoyed today's episode of Dow or Never. Make sure to subscribe at logos.xyz slash podcast and follow us on Twitter at 0xlogos so you never miss out on any of the latest happenings in the Dow world. It's Dow or Never. Never.